When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Now entering Nerdist.com. CB2, I could be getting some inexpensive modernist furniture. You could be getting some. You could be getting some of uh, Crate and Barrel's alternative. I don't line. think CB2 yeah. is so inexpensive, actually. I thought it was supposed to be for the hip young among us and it priced is, accordingly. I think it's expensive. Are we Are we recording, yeah, Matthew? We are. How does it sound? Good. We sound okay. Yeah. For breakfast, I had coffee. For breakfast, I had coffee. We done? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That was a good, good mic check. Well, that's all we needed. We're just going around and getting mic checks from people. So we set up for a half hour. And cool. Say How do I sound? That was awesome. Yeah. You guys are great. <laughs> Sound good. Just make it simple Thank you. and clean. I mean, this is this is tight. <laughs> I am here with Damien and Tim of OK Go, and I guess uh, they are also here with me and Matt and Jonah. You guess, or is are that we, the transitivity of here with? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is us gliding uh, softly into the actual podcast, where I'm hunched over on the floor. Um, thank you for having us in your home. You know, we could, if you want, we can go to the dinner table where we can all sit up for real. It's too late. <laughs> this feels, this feel, I kind of like this. You like, like this? I'm, I'm, I'm fine with this too. Fireside chat. Yeah. I'm fine with this fireside as well. Fireside chat. Minus the fire. Minus let me, the let fire. me zip up my hipster zippers on my jeans, which I thought were an awesome idea. Wait, do you have zippers on the back of your jeans? Yeah, that's right. That's why I keep my things tucked neatly in my pockets. Wow. So mm-hmm. it thwarts pickpocketers and uh, street urchins. You're not supposed Yo, to sit zipper. on a wallet, though. I hope, you don't, I hope you're not doing that. No, the wallet's right back. here. All right, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, all up, I'm all into that. Why aren't you supposed yeah. to sit on a wallet? Ergonomics, dude. Get into it. Yeah. I guess I it's, should. It's like wearing one high heel. Yeah. Well, okay, so wait, what's wrong with around. that? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Nothing as far as it, I'm concerned. It's but slightly less foxy. That's the problem. <laughs> if you're going to do that, you might as well just go for the heel. If you want to see people on one heel, you need to go down to uh, Santa Monica and like Lexington and Highland, like right over there. That's where all the... I had an office over there, and that's where the, um, that's where the tranny hookers uh, yeah. hang out. And, but they're not, they're not just... It, I feel like it's a sub-fetish. Because they all look super beaten up, like ripped hose, one heel, mm-hmm. like uh, clothing. You have to be very specific when you're talking about trainees and you use the word hose. Yeah. You can't yeah. just say ripped hose because that could mean... You that could mean, mean a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah. But <laughs> speaking of trainees, I uh, was recently in Long Island and saw a transmission service called Tranny Man. That's genius. Oh, I think I, someone was talking about that. Yeah. And I took, I stopped in their, in their, their parking lot and took a picture of it and they, they seemed pissed off. And it's like, well, I mean, you got to know that, I mean, either you don't get the joke and you're crazy or, or you do. And that's why you kept, or they're just just bothered by it. You know, at this point, so many people coming to take pictures of the tranny man. I guess so. I caught the end of a HBO special last night about transgender sports writers. Is that more that's than a, a person? Which, yeah, that's that's a that's a long special. I would imagine transvestites. <laughs> transvestites are a lot like uh, you know Netflix subgenres, where it just gets very very <laughs> no. detailed for no reason. Do you like vampire mysteries set in the seventies? Oh, I guess I do. Netflix. Um, wait, I, I want to hear more about who was this group of people. Uh, well, like I said, I came in at the end, but I, there were there were two women who used to be men, mm-hmm. and. Uh, who were sports writers as men and continue to be sports writers as women. And, and I, it seems like the report was about uh, y- y- how they get treated 
as women versus was it, how was they Was it a uh, Real Sports men. with Brian Gumble? Yes, it was Real Sports with Brian Gumble. He's always hard hitting. Is that <laughs> yes. is that is real sports like real sex? You know, that uh, less nah. titties. Yeah, uh, well, that somehow make, more interesting yep. and less gross. Yeah. than real sex. Real sex is hard to get through, and it's not. I mean, it's like you know, sex is something we all have pretty earnest interest in. I think. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely and say. I think it's cool. It, it, it's hard to make sex unsexy, but they manage to do it. You know, because yes. when you're younger and you think real sex, yay. And then they define like real sex as a bunch of old hippies sitting in a forest trying to telepathically make each other orgasm. Like it's not yeah. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. That was real sex sixteen. Oh, <laughs> Matt, you really seem to know a lot no, about just, the real sex I back had catalog. HBO when I was a kid, it was good. Um, I wanted to. I, I was really excited to have you guys on. Um, you guys did Attack of the Show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know a month ago or so. Ha 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 ha. And uh, I read your op-ed piece in the New York Times, and Sweet. it was, f- I tweeted the shit out of it, and wow. people, I mean, you never know what people are going to respond to on Twitter and retweet, but it, it was one of the most retweeted things that I've ever posted, because people were so... Um, are you saying that that shit is all blowed up? I think that shit is all blowed up and uh, ready to uh, take on a trip somewhere Man. to Awesome Town, because it was a phenomenally written piece. Thank you very much. And I also... I mean, I, I think every facet of the entertainment industry is sort of suffering from the short-sightedness of corporations who are trying to meet the bottom line. And, yeah. But if anything good came out of it, it's that you guys have, it, it's kind of forced you to make some super awesome, innovative videos that people love. Well, you know, I think that um, it, there's there's sort of two ways to look at, at the dissolution of the of the sort of, you know, standard music industry and one is that there's that the structures that people got paid by are all you know shrinking or disappearing or imploding and that makes it scary for you know money people as well as musicians like you don't really know how no one there's no like set way to go about doing it Mm -hmm. and 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 not that it was ever easy to do but at least you at one point it was sort of like you play you play club shows until you get a deal, and then they give you a bunch of money to make a record, and they promote you for a while. And, and like, there's a sort of you know, you, there's a way up the ladder, and not Especially everybody. Especially super scary for young musicians. Yeah, yeah. and that now now there just isn't that system. Like, there's no set way to do it because that system has imploded. The the good thing about that is that with the dissolution of the the you know the mode of distribution, you also have the dissolution of all of the sort of categories. And 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 creative barriers that were sort of built into it, or 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 rather that that kind of um, the types of creativity that that grew to flourish in that system, mm-hmm. um, and it, it basically, I mean, if you think about music videos in particular. Music videos in 1985 were were advertisements and only advertisements. And in fact, you know, same in 1995 and, and pretty much the same in 2005, which is that they were something paid for by record labels to sell a, to sell the CDs. Are so, you saying that the reflex by Duran Duran was not just an artistic vision on part of Simon LeBron? <laughs> just LeBron? an advertisement, man. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you blowing my fucking Sorry. Duran Duran dreams? God damn it, I love that song so much. It's so good. We well, the thing do. is... Uh, oh, they didn't make the music any worse, and in fact, it didn't make the the videos necessarily worse. It's just that when you saw a video in 1994, the artist in that video was was pretty much akin to a Toyota in a Toyota commercial. You know? Right? Like it's it's it looks really cool, and it makes you you know want to invest in the idea of that artist. But it's not necessarily made by that artist, nor does it really have anything to do with with the sort of creative ideas of that artist. And and I mean, there were lots of musicians who took. A great role in, in you know making their videos and certainly it's I mean the, the Toyota thing takes it a little far but they the reason they had to be so specific and and, and there was such a sort of narrow genre for it is because MTV played 50 or 100 things a year or I don't know 200 <laughs> or whatever it was there was a very you know it's a very tight playlist and if you're not if you it, when that was the only outlet for videos it's just it's like a super harsh climate for things to evolve in I mean it, you, there's a arms race to be the 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 most demographically suitable you know what I mean like well, you, like you have to if you don't keep the eyes glued to the screen that will then go out and buy skating sneakers you're off and you know? Well, but the funny thing about that is that because um, I uh, I hosted a show on MTV in the '90s, and they 
we always used to get complaints from people who would say, how come you don't fucking play videos anymore? A, like I program the goddamn station. Right, right, exactly. Uh, And B, if everyone thinks that if you're on a show, you're responsible for every decision that gets made. Sure. But you're just the face that gets to, to, that gets to absorb the complaints. What what was your show? It was called Singled Out. It was like a dating show. Okay. All right. And um, there were a lot of uh, tits and references, uh, veiled references to wieners. But anyway, um, (laughs) when we were doing that show, people constantly complained that we didn't, that MTV didn't play enough videos. And the idea is like, Hey, guess what? No one watches video shows anymore because the attention spans have gotten too short, and they're literally the lowest-rated shows on television. So that's why they put programming on. Yeah, and I mean, it, but it, when there were videos played, obviously that the there was you had to be this very very specific thing to succeed, and and if you if you weren't one of those things. You might as well not exist. I mean, making a video that that wasn't going to get played on MTV was just a huge waste of money, <laughs> and 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 so no one made them. And it, and you got this really specific form, which we now think of as a music video. It's got to be glamorous, and the people have to look sexy, and and like it has to be fast cut and Batman angles, and like everything that we think of as being a music video. But when the distribution system falls apart, you don't have those rules anymore. I mean, there's right. no reason why a music video should be any of those things. I mean, it, like, it, now you make something and there's other people out there who find it interesting and that that's the end of the cycle. I mean, that's like, the, that's the full loop. You make something that's interesting, other people like it, and you're done. Hey, remember, remember when Thriller cost a million dollars and everyone was like, a million dollars on a video, and then like Mark Romanek was blowing through that in the nineties, uh, like, twice like, a week, like yeah. chi- like change. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it was it it just is this huge arms race to for those few tiny spots, and so it got more and more and more specific, and now you know I mean that's just one example of the way in which things get there's just all these new creative spaces that open up because you don't have those rules anymore, so. It, who, who's to say that that music is as we see it right now? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, music in the music in the twenties was a, was a, a live performance, and music in the early fifties was a a you know a seven inch record, and music in the seventies was an album, and music in the eighties was a music video, and music now is what you know whatever YouTube. you think it is. It's YouTube. Here, here was all music in the twenties in my in my estimation. Sarsaparilla <laughs> in the summertime. That was it. That was every song. <laughs> yeah. That was every song in the 1920s. Well, and those then, are all the ones we have recordings of. <laughs> that was it. Uh, yeah, I always, I always think, you know, people, people complain and they go, oh, in the old days, music was so much better. Look at all the music from the old days. And you're like, no, there was always shitty art. It just didn't survive because it was shitty. Yeah. yeah. So, you only remember the greatest hits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and there's plenty of times when the greatest hits were, were simply picked by, by the people at the top. And so, yeah. the, you know... It, there's like I, I I there's a lot of great music from the '80s that doesn't get listened to anymore, and we still remember Bobby Brown, you know. Yeah. Oh, I, how can I, you forget Bobby Brown? How could you? Glass uh, Tiger, anyone? Glass <laughs> Tiger? No, nope, just me. That actually right. was. I the do what I want to do. <laughs> I prefer to think of the Ghostbusters two soundtrack. Yes. Oh, oh man. I, I would on, prefer to forget that that got made. <laughs> so, what was it? That was uh, the one that a Huey Lewis sued over, right? No, Huey no, Lewis sued over uh, sued Ray Parker Jr. over oh. I Want a New Drug. Oh, okay. Uh, for because the Ghostbusters theme, they went to Huey Lewis and said, "Hey, will you write the Ghostbusters theme?" And he was like, "No." And they were like, "Hey, fuck you in the face." Uh, hey, Ray Parker Jr., put some different lyrics on that song. Nice. They're oh, literally, really? they're literally. Oh, I didn't if, know that. It's like if you exactly listen to Ghostbusters song. and I want a new and I want a new drug, they're new the same drug. song. Really? Yep. Ghostbusters is better. but not as good as i want a new duck by weird al yankovic that is where it man you weird al uh, we could we could make the entire rest of this thing about how great weird al is and not and i mean i I was i was a fan as a kid i'm actually more of a fan now do you know Al? yeah he as do i and he is not he is every bit as nice as you hope he would be yeah if not and, and and so tuned in and paying attention like every every time we put out a video i get an email from him like 10 minutes later being like i love the new video you guys are doing great work like he is, he is paying more attention to what's going on in the world than anyone I know. And yeah. he's a guy that, I mean, the reason he's managed to corner the market for so long is because, you know, he's, he's like, talk about a, someone who can adapt. You know, he released all those songs last summer and spent no more than a few thousand dollars on each video and made a bunch of amazing videos. He's got a good formula. He does. He yeah, really he does. does. Yeah. You know, VH1 approached Al about doing a show called uh, The Next Weird Al, like Find the Next Weird Al. And he was like, oh, we want you to do the show with us. And he was like, why would I help you find someone to replace me <laughs> when I'm still doing this? Yeah. Thankfully, he turned that down. Yeah, well, he's a wise man. But you guys managed to, I mean, you know, how much 
how much can it really how much can it really cost to like the treadmill video? How much how much does the treadmill video cost? It's about two million dollars. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know where that the money. No, I you mean, can really see it in the treadmill. Yeah, no, we, it was. I mean, the whole thing was CG, obviously. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> effects and wizards at ILM. It was it was difficult to get Mark Romanek actually to not use his typical style, right? Um, especially when Spike Jones was involved, like right. that. And, and um, <laughs> we got to divide. And you up called the in pies. Michelle Gondry just as a consulting uh, position, right? sure, which was difficult for Oliver Stone to deal with because I mean <laughs> they just don't get along very well, you know. Yeah. And to resurrect John Houston was just a, <laughs> such a good move, I think, on your part. Yeah. And George Lucas just walked. Off, yeah, <laughs> walk right out. Yeah, um, the uh, and no, you that get Quentin in there who who adds the n word into the video, and then you got to pull it out. So that was another million and a half <laughs> yeah, dollars. Yeah, but you need he kept Spielberg saying nice over and over again. We we're like, don't use that word. <laughs> Please stop saying nice. Um, the uh, the video cost about five thousand dollars, which uh, all of which was spent on um, on buying treadmills. And then returning them, they wouldn't. They wouldn't buy them back at full cost. It was a restocking fee. <laughs> so, so um, they, we we found a guy who, who nobody would rent treadmills, especially we were, we made it in Orlando, Florida, where my sister lived at the time. And uh, I I don't know if you could even rent treadmills in L.A. Probably with the film industry you could, but in L. I mean in, in Orlando you certainly couldn't because if you think about it, there's really no reason to have a temporary treadmill in your life to try it out and send it back. Right? Or be like, I just there's one afternoon where I'm gonna get all my friends together and we're gonna just party on the treadmill. <laughs> I don't know. We got a, We had we got an alpaca. On Attack of the Show the other day, I feel like it seems like a weird world where alpacas are easier to come by than a treadmill. For yeah, a well, I mean, first of all, try that in Florida, and second, I mean, when you want an right alpaca, back. you're dick, you're dick, likely dick, dick, to dick. not want it later. I mean, you can probably, probably find anything you want here in LA. Yeah. yeah, but but I but seriously, there is a there like you there are lots of crazy things you just want for a, a moment, but a treadmill is like you're either getting in shape or you're not. You, know, right. you either run a gym or you don't, or you hang clothes on it after a while. So we uh, so we did find one guy who specialized in buying used treadmills from gyms and selling them to he lesser gyms. <laughs> yeah, he, had, he like he's he a crazy getting of treadmills. <laughs> My treadmills are crazy. Well, it, it wasn't just treadmills. It was all all you know. He he stocked he stocked gyms with used gym equipment from nicer gyms. And so we bought we bought eight treadmills from him, and then uh, and he agreed to buy them back from us if we didn't break them at I think seventy percent of the cost or something. So we we in the end it cost us five grand in that, and there were some dry cleaning bills because yeah. the clothes we were wearing got really super sweaty. And I think we bought a lot of racers. Coffee. Do you remember that? Because we had scoffed the bottoms of the treadmill, so we had to erase the scoffs off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. There, there were a lot of there, in, in an attempt to return them and get full full price back, we had to do a little work. We. Um, Hold back the big dog. Sorry, the, the door. <laughs> is, that a, is, that, is that a term for when you go out at night? Yeah. You're like, hey, hold, hold back, back the, the big, big dog. dog. <laughs> Damien's in rare form again. He's talking about me. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, mm. oh, the funny thing is now I feel like you could probably sell those treadmills oh, for five here. grand a piece. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, hey. Hello. Hi, new hi. people. All right. There's new people. Hi. 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 Hello. Nice Hello. to meet you. Hi, intern. Oh, Where do you go to school? We have, uh, a, we for have the a listener, USC she's, finger she's here. wearing a if USC wanna... sweatshirt, so Joan uh, hilariously asked her what school she went to. And she answered earnestly, which was she very did. sweet of her. We are actually equipped with a USC foam finger if anybody wants to celebrate you. Made um. <laughs> for it. Oh, celebrate it you and all your worth. Yeah. Now, I went to UCLA, but I'm told we have some sort of rivalry that I never cared about, so I don't know yeah. how I'm supposed to feel about that. But Well, we just did it. But we... darn you, other school person. You know you know, the TED conference? They're, they have a, a miniature TED conference at USC every year called... Oh, really? TEDx USC, and we were invited to be there this year and can't be, so we just did a we just did a little video for for them, but we had to wear little USC fingers, and we tried to make fun of your rivalry USC UCLA thing, but they didn't want us. To. They didn't want us to. They were like, "This is the TED conference. We are we are above that," and we we were making fun of the we yeah well didn't work out. The TED the TED conference was apparently also above Sarah Silverman when uh, she performed at a TED conference. And, What'd she do? Uh, well, she just did her act, yeah. like what they hired her to do, and or what they asked. Actually, they didn't hire her; she worked for free, which yeah. is wonderfully offensive. It right? is wonderfully yeah. offensive, <laughs> and um, they were they had such like, <gasps> how dare you? Like it was such a big fucking deal. But it's like, hey, that's Sarah. What do you think? Yeah. TED yeah. conference. What do you yeah. expect? Well, Jay I am Abrams a big fan of the TED conference, but I, I too am a big fan of the TED. Those the, the TED talks online. They're great. They're really I good. Yeah. Those are great. We we did I I did a a panel with a um, with a person from from YouTube and a person from the TED conference at South by Southwest just two weeks ago and the panel title was hilariously how to make a viral video 
which <laughs> like, like you know, like one part water, two parts rice. You must they, love you must love that question now because you guys have done it a few times, and so now I'm, sh- I'm sure everyone's like, "All right, what's the lab formula?" I was surprised actually that there were a few there were a few rules you could learn from at least the YouTube people who like really parse their numbers and figure shit out. One of them is that this seems obvious if you think about it, but but then it doesn't, um, that positive stuff travels way more than negative stuff. Uh-huh. And you sort of think because getting that's kicked surprising. in... Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, well, you'd think that getting kicked in the balls is probably the most... That's the most viral that's thing that could be, right? That's going to get the most clicks from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, uh, it, but then, you know, the truth is that, like, it, news works that way, but, mm-hmm. but people don't want to be the bearer of bad news. So, like, if you want to send something to your friends, you want it to be something that makes them happy. You also like, don't yeah. really want to watch negative things over and over again. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. But but uplifting, you know, like wonder is 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 a good drug, you know. Well, uh, I was so, you know, I was I was really excited um, from the standpoint. Just going back to your article for a second, that you guys were able to take the situation where EMI. I mean, just in case people don't know, you should you could you should you Google Damien and New York Times, and you can get the article. Uh, but. It's the one about it's it's the one about it's called Who's Tube. They're actually Who's Tube, I've, yeah. I've written a bunch of op-eds for them, but that's the one that you were you speak of. So you you know you you make the treadmill video. It gets eight, eight to ten million views, which is I mean that's legendary status to get that high. The treadmill video it's it it's, it just passed fifty. Okay, well. Um, but at one time it was at yeah. eight or ten, right? <laughs> there so, was a time. I think, oddly I, enough, I no. think sometime before. Wait a second. I'm in my I'm in my lost parallel uh, life, yeah, and so that's now, where it was eight or ten. Yeah, that was 2004. So 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 50 million, uh, even uh, five times more of a shitload than, and then they say, hey, we're not going to let you um, make these videos embeddable anymore um, from now on. Was there any? Was it literally just a bottom line thing? Did anyone tell you that that's what they were going to do, or were they just disabled? I don't recall being told. Um, if if it was mentioned somewhere, I didn't hear it. They they actually um, di- disabled the embedding feature a couple years ago while we were in the midst of 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 or well, we the end of touring for our last album. We weren't really paying attention to the like to that. Um, it, it it we noticed it when we first started putting on putting new video new videos online for a new album mm-hmm. and, and noticing that we, it wasn't actually the numbers don't matter a whole lot to us it, it's mostly sort of the reaction from our fans and whether or not we sort of can tell that we are engaging with our fans the way we want to mm-hmm. and and we were just flooded with complaints from our fans uh, that either they couldn't see it because they lived in some country where YouTube where, where it was blocked or or uh or that they couldn't, it couldn't be on blogs. It couldn't be embedded. And, and we, and I feel like now we sort of have this approach to the internet of if you can't get something on the internet, and you're like, what, the, what the fuck do you mean I can't see this on the internet? Like we're so <laughs> conditioned yeah. that we should get whatever we want whenever we want it that, that we get really mad. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, you know, there's that it, it is sort of silly, but it's also not sort of silly in the sense that um, you. We, you know, for you sort of feel like you can pick up the phone and call anyone, right? Mm-hmm. And and the idea that I mean, those common carriage laws that anything you you know anything you do uh, like from one point to the other point on the internet is just the same as anything else. Uh, like we we take that for granted in our phone system and in our internet, and it's of course that's that's not always true. Well, so when I first saw this two shall pass, that I didn't I hadn't I saw the second one first, and then and the then first the one, one second, that, and then the first one second, the one that EMI had disabled. Um, and I loved how, just watching the, the second one that you made, the one that was embeddable, the tension in all of your faces was amazing. Because <laughs> it was just like, oh my God, you know, you can see that they've already been hit by paint, like how many times? What was the number, 53? Uh, well, we only got to the paint a few times, actually. Um, because the paint, the, the, it's a Rube, you know, a three-minute Rube, Rube Goldberg, Goldberg machine, yep. and, and, the, and the, last, the last thing the machine does is splatter us in the face with paint. And the reason we chose to do that is we, we, wanted to, we wanted it to be clear that the thing was cycling. Mm-hmm. That, you, know, you start with paint, you can't figure out why we're covered in paint, and then you get to the end and you realize It was like why. memento. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you distracted be, me the whole time trying to figure out the paint. paint. Um, so we, uh, we, I think we got shot in the, shot in the face in total Five times because each day we we shot for two days and each day we started by getting shot because we had it, it, it just in case we got it on the first take we wanted to be covered in paint the mm-hmm. whole time and then uh, and then we got to the end of the thing three times so that was three more face splats so if you got to the end what went so wrong that you had to do it again oh I mean we just it, we just wanted to keep going I mean there's yeah. there usually the little things that were wrong were 
uh, camera would camera would be looking at the wrong thing, um, and I I I, I, I strain to to praise the man who did that steady cam work enough. Yeah, I was going to ask like what yeah, was the setup amazing. of the camera? Like how big was the rig? Is it just strapped it's a to it's a normal steady cam rig which um, is about seventy pounds or yeah. so. Um, it's basically a big counterweighted arm so that when you move, it kind of moves. It, like it, it's hard for you to make it jostle, yeah. basically. And um, we have a we have a, 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 a HD video camera that goes on top of it. So um, he was work. You know, he's doing like sixteen hours a day of walking the walking the machine over and over again with this seventy pound thing on he, him. He was like a soldier dancing a ballet. Yeah, like, it, it was, was unbelievable. Really crazy to watch. And it, it was it was fun to talk to him too. I, he he wears a specific kind of sneakers. He's like mm-hmm. some some steady cam guys go Puma. Some some do that. I mean, like they, yeah. they, but you have to like. He feels, you know, it's like it's. What's the? Is it rep- no? Who's got the P behind their back? Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about Doctor Octopus from Spider Man. No, no, it, what? you know, wow. what, you went the, there pretty quickly. The, the, no, it's just like you know, like it's attached to him. Sorry. No, the fairy, the fairy tale where the where the chick sleeps on the bed and she can feel the P under like ninety five mattresses. Princess and the P. Princess and the P. I yep. was gonna say Rapunzel, yeah. but she's the one with the sweet P hair. P princess. Um, <laughs> So yeah, Dr. so Octopus. he he has to basically be able to do that. Like he has to you know like completely know everything about the ground he's walking <laughs> on from just from sort of feeling it. Um, yeah, anyways, he he was amazing, but there were a few times when we'd get through the machine and and he'd barely miss some interaction, and you kind of got to see all of it. What the fuck, Pumas? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe if, maybe if you had the Pumas, you wouldn't have fucked that up. Yeah. Let's do this again. <laughs> It, and and on the bottom floor, I, I I go slamming through this pile of boxes, and the boxes go like fall everywhere so we had to have people running in front of him removing the boxes so that he would so that he could get through it yeah. and uh and so occasionally you see like in 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 two of the three takes that we got you see someone sort of duck through frames who planned the machine uh the uh, it was designed by a group called sin labs s-y-y-n labs uh and yeah very sexy <laughs> two y's in there although i haven't figured out what they're for do you know what that means no i don't know what that means. um I, I basically i came up with a, a short brief I wrote, I wrote a two paragraph job description essentially posted it online looking for a good uh inspiring in, and inspired nerds who could help us make exactly what got made um i thought that it would take one or two people two or three months and and the day after i posted it i got a a, a proposal from 15 people that was 25 pages long saying oh we want to do it God. and i was like i well we can't afford 15 people and they're like yeah but we really want to do it and i was like yeah but we really can't afford it and so they um they decided they just they basically did it they like split the money up between the 15 of them and they and they worked for it wound up being in the end i mean it was it was Two and a half months of design and then three months of building. And, and it was like serious brain power. Yeah, there was some really, it was a really interesting group of people because yeah. it was, you know, it started with a lot of engineers and, and computer science people and, and people who are prone to liking that, you know, like physics and, and toying around with stuff. Um, but by the end, we had, uh, there was a pirate, a guy, a, a rigger from a pirate, like, well, from a, it wasn't a pirate ship, but a, a, a rigger from a long ship in the harbor. And, um, he was he helped like do all the you know the zip line and all the rigging stuff in there. Um, was he missing a piece of his shoulder where there was a treasure map tattooed of course, on of course, it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I remember I remember at the end of the show, I was like, so we'll see we'll we'll see you next week uh, for the party for the video. Yeah, and like, he was he was like, no, I'll be sailing on the Black Sea or something. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I'll be in Indonesia, <laughs> yeah. son. Uh, I was uh, like, okay. I've got to haul the spices back to <laughs> Malta. The. Uh, the 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 Jacob's ladder thing at the end, the giant doors mm-hmm. that fall down to show, say this too shall mm-hmm. pass. Those were all painted by the guy who designed the the, rec- the the new Coke bottle. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, like I mean, talk about somebody a little overqualified for the yeah. job. But it, basically, what happened was we had we had g- gathered this group of like just awesome, exciting people, and and it just sort of became like a magnet for more. And by the end, there were there were sixty people in there working, and you know. I was work- Adam Sadowski, who runs Sin Labs, and I had been working on the design back and forth, and 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 we had a bunch of design meetings here in my house, and we sort of came up like came up with a bunch of rules for what makes a good machine and what makes a bad machine, and ha- where we wanted it to go up and down in the song in terms of sort of you know big things here, small things there, and colorful things here, and nerdy things here, and. Uh, it- and slowly we got a, a basic sort of plan for the thing together and then passed back and forth 
um, movie files while we were on tour, and they'd show us what was happening in the space and everything. And then two weeks before the video, we basically just moved in and worked with them like 24 hours a day. And it just it went from being like 10 people on average there to by the end 60 people plus film crew. And it was a just a lot massive. of them had day jobs, you know. So like during the afternoon, there was sort of like a skeleton crew. But if you, if you you know if you showed up around eight o'clock, I mean, there yeah, there'd be like 60. But that's what the people, best. That's you know? that's the best thing about nerd sourcing is that. It, you're, you're talking about a demographic of people that uh, that uh, that have tremendous honor with what they do, and whenever they think something is special, they will really they will work for free as long as it takes, just so they can be a part of the special thing. And I would imagine that at this point, you probably have armies of like you, you're probably set for every video you ever want to make again. Well, it's a they good idea. Turn out super awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one one thing we keep getting asked is like, why didn't you fake it? You could. There's all these parts in there you could have faked. No, you can't. You got to do but it. But the thing is, no, none of those people would have worked it for. And like, it, like we all wanted to make something impossible. And if you were, if we were like, okay, army of nerds, we're gonna like this is actually all just a lie. Like it just would have walked out. I mean, yeah. like did the, it break the, any records? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's number one most awesome thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guinness Book of World Awesome Things. That's right, according yeah. to my dad. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's that video and then the two fat guys on the mopeds uh, <laughs> yeah. for Guinness Book of Awesome Things. Yeah. Now I don't know if it. I, I, to my knowledge, there aren't. I've never seen another Rube Goldberg machine that actually hits that that is timed that hits yeah, beats. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's, that's um, what was like my favorite part about it. Just so specific to the song in each part. Like it really did feel like it was just like another instrument. You know. That was definitely the biggest design challenge for them, um, and they, uh, you know, they, they, were, they grumbled a lot. I mean, <laughs> right? Can't it just so. explode here and then knock over the things? Well, you know, one of the things that we, one of the, um, intra, you, you know, we discovered a lot of things you just wouldn't have guessed in advance. I mean, first of all, it's really super hard to define what makes a good Rube Goldberg machine. Um, dominoes, because, yeah, dominoes. <laughs> well, I mean, they ha- it has to look like it shouldn't work, basically. You know, like, it, it, and, and so good engineers. And I mean, several of the people there actually work at Jet Propulsion Labs and NASA. So there's, I mean, there's people who literally could have put us on the moon, probably. Uh, literally, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> had to be figuratively uh, literal. <laughs> and, and, and asking them to make something that doesn't work every time and is precarious and just barely hits it, uh, it that's just so bad design. So they you know? for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they want it, it's just in in a engineer's DNA to make something that's robust and works every time, and and that's just not an interesting Rube Goldberg. I would love machine. to see a Rube Goldberg machine that go to Mars, like some series of cause and effect machines that end on the Martian landscape. Um, Dominoes all the way to a button that launches a rocket to Mars. Boom. No, Done. but that's that's too no. fast of a machine. It'd have to. It'd a really to, long string of uh, dominoes. It'd have to hit a cat that ran into a shark, and then the shark would poop that out, and that would float into a boat, and then the boat <laughs> would explode. a month-long Rube Goldberg. It's, well, it, it could be months. eons long. It could just actually be like you for, like it, the Rube Goldberg machine eventually gets humanity to be really super greedy and use up all our resources, and we have to move there. <laughs> a social Rube Goldberg. Yeah. What if we are the Rube Goldberg machine, guys? Uh, bl- leak, brain, bleeding so, wait, out do, of Wait, head. do you guys do uh, sound effects in the show? Because now is a good time for a lot of delay. Delay, delay, delay. <laughs> And 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 like space effects, effects, effects. You can, Where we can are add that. we? You know, uh, Tom and Lennon. Tom Lennon brought a slide whistle on the show. Really? Um, so we had we did have a slide whistle in the first episode. We, People we, keep on asking for it. To we come have back. some cool noise makers back in the studio. You want to bring some stuff out? I think we might have. To. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the no, answer is noise maker jam yes. session at the end. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you guys know Bleep Labs? That they make they make these little. Well, we got it. Ariel, are you here? Uh, Are you a medium? (laughs) Tim is more interesting than me, anyways. Give him two minutes. (laughs) Damien's going back to get the noisemakers. Is the studio open? Uh, no, it's locked up again. I feel like Garth in Wayne's World right now. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> All right, he's change. gone, Tim. Give I, us the dirt. He sucks, change. right? What? So seriously, what's going on? You ever see that part in Scanners where the dude's head? Damien won't let me talk. <laughs> oh my God, you guys, I think Tim needs help. It's weird. We're in Damien's living room, but we're not really in Damien's living room. <laughs> the thing you have to remember is that there is no spoon. <laughs> that was in a film called The Matrix. What's that? A Matrix. It was. Uh... You know, I never saw The Matrix. You didn't? I never saw The Matrix. No reason no. to. My favorite. Really? Wait a minute. Just, no, just like as far as like a cultural so like. I never saw The Matrix. Point. I know, and I haven't seen Avatar either. Well, here's uh, once again, no point. What yes. was the first one you didn't see? Matrix. You've never seen The Matrix. Oh. I've never seen The Matrix. Uh, I think I have it. Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe I, I had to see it. Okay, so point. here's one that I made. Now that looks like a tricorder. <laughs> the light doesn't work anymore. Wait, maybe it does. 
Well, I can't appreciate that without a light. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's nice. You that, made that? You made that machine? Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I didn't design the circuits in it, but I did. But I, I yes. Now, were you, a kid, were you a kid that went to Radio Shack and bought, like, a, like build your own radio type of stuff? Or yeah. Run a robot I, mostly, on a wet potato? Legos. I was really super into Legos. I did see some see? awesome Lego stuff around Did you here. see my Taj Mahal over there? Your Taj Holy Mahal shit. is awesome. I didn't know there was a Lego. Yeah. That's is not. That I mean, that, that's a kit. You <laughs> yeah, can buy. Exactly. I have been. I have been um, berated by by more serious Lego artists. Yes. Somebody actually came to one of our shows recently. And was like they had seen something in a magazine article in which I'd said like I really like Legos. I'm working on the Taj Mahal, and they're like the Taj Mahal is a kit. You can buy that from Lego. That's not art. Oh, because yeah, they felt uh, you weren't a purist. Because yeah. someone, someone today posted a Yosemite Sam made out of Lego blocks. Really? really? Not a kit, but yeah. Well, at the, at the, I used to do a show for Nickelodeon, and someone just sent in. They built uh, like a three and a half foot high SpongeBob uh, really? made Jeez. out of Legos. Really? Well, that's I'm... amazing. Oh, that's rad. That's, that... that's the sting for that's amazing. Oh, that's rad. gorgeous. Chris, you should get a video of that. And post it on this is this is pleasant for you to listen to, podcasters. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying yourself. Yeah, I like this podcast, but it just doesn't have enough random electronic noises. No, this wait. Thing, okay. I, I just want to get some video of that okay, so well, people can to, see. So for, for our audio listeners, what this is is a little box um, that, that is decorated to look like a little robot. And it has it, it makes sounds. It has an optical sensor on the front of it, and the sound, the pitch is modulated by what that optical sensor is seeing. It also has a little LED antenna, so you can, it's sort of like a feedback loop. You can, it can just see the light in the room. Like right now, my thumb's over it, so it sees almost nothing. And then as I open it up, you start to hear stuff. You can, the, the frequency of the, of, the, of the bursts is controllable by a little knob. And then if I stick the LED light into the nose, which is the optical sensor, <laughs> Blam! Blam! That's unbelievable. What I feel like I feel like you like? could have explained that in a Professor Frank voice. Oh, uh, the light is modulatedly sensitive. And the secret ingredient. You, want, you is... want to do it again? I mean, I, you, you'll do the <laughs> you'll do the talking. <laughs> no, but I, I do. I do want to get a close-up picture of it because it is. It's a gorgeous. Machine. It's made by a company called Bleep Labs. That little guy shows up on our record a lot. A lot. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is on our record all over the place. It looks a little like uh, I have an app on my phone called uh, Bebot. Bot, yeah. yeah, just a little uh, trackpad synthesizer. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, but that's this analog. Is, this is also yeah. the uh, the um, the primary instrument in our uh, our new Muppets song. We cut co- we cover the Muppets theme for a Muppets covers album that's coming out oh, that's next awesome. month. Yeah, what? 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 we're gonna try to make a video with the Muppets. Dig it. My, my it. friends are making all those new Muppet videos right now. Are, are those your friends? And I'm meeting yeah. with them tomorrow. No, those wait. are those are fantastic. Uh, Friday morning. But yeah, I, the new Muppets videos are splam-tastical. They're um, so yeah. redonkulous. It's, it's amazing. It's, uh, you know, these guys uh, basically approached Disney and they were like, please let us, you know, please just let us make some sketches that were akin to the voice of the old Muppet mm. show. And it was like, what? What do you want to do? And yeah. then they're like, what? And, yeah, exactly. And that blew their fucking mind, like that little robot. And um, Wait, are they the ones that did the Bohemian Rhapsody? They did Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that is, that is awesome. like the best thing that's been and, made and in And what's, what's amazing years. for me is that they always send it to I'm not trying to brag, mm-hmm. but I'm going to brag about something that I don't know what the value is. But they will send it to me. They send me the videos uh, the second they go up. So I get to blog them first. Uh, and that gives me cool. a huge nerd boner. <laughs> that I, I Bohemian Rhapsody had 300 views when I put it up. Wow. And, God, uh, it's like up to almost 500 now, isn't it? It's <laughs> at least 502. Wow. Uh, which is really amazing. Amazing. Which is really amazing. So I'm not saying I have helped reinvent the Muppets. I hope that's the people we were meeting with. I, we, we basically made this Muppet song and, and just then we... we Call them more like we, you know, obviously we're the band that makes videos and you have Muppets. So it's kind of like the Reese's peanut butter cup thing, you know, chocolate and your peanut butter together. Let's make, let's make a, let's okay, make, you have a let's make a chocolate baby tr- song or did they assign you the Muppets? They thing? had a list of songs and, and I mean, it had to be obviously a Muppet song yeah. and all the best ones were already taken. And then including. In, inclu- including the theme, which yeah. we eventually got, and the the band that was doing the theme like ran out of time or decided they didn't want to do it. I don't know. I mean, Radiohead you got to be... didn't have enough time to. I don't want to say the name of the band, but I but but it's man. to play the music and then go into some sort of weird six eight time 
<laughs> it's so it's, I love the Muppets so much. I mean, there's I, the I'm I can be pretty cool. Like I can play it pretty cool when meeting idols and I you know like I, okay I'll tell you about a week of my life in I think this is October. We played we we got to be the Pixies behind Frank Black at a concert. Holy shit! Exactly. Holy shit! I mean, that's that. that the Doolittle is probably the most important record of my life. Maybe, maybe besides Purple Rain, but it, like it's a you know it's a really really big deal for me. And we we, had, we went and had band practice with with Frank Black, Black Francis, Charles Thompson, and I was totally cool. I was like, you know, I was like I was excited, but I but like kept my cool and everything. And right after practice, we got done just in time for me to go to, to see a friend of mine was going to be on the Leno show that evening. Mm-hmm. So I went to go just like, you know, sit backstage and watch it happen, you know, cheerlead. And I got there and I, uh, keep in mind, I've just met my like my number one idol in my life and been totally cool about it. Keeping in mind. The, the, the Muppets were, the Muppets had their own dressing room and I got, and like, and I got to hang out with Kermit and I fucking lost it. Like I, I, I there's this video of me online where I look like I'm both high and crying <laughs> and it's essentially because I, I, basically was like that's the effect Kermit has on me wow. is I, I suddenly am high and crying and I, and I hear that when you I've never actually met the Muppets uh, in person but uh, <laughs> in, in, in felt in, in felt, felt. Yes. I've never met the Muppets in felt but um, but I hear that you talk to them like they're people and the operators are you know like, it's it's you don't even really notice the dude there because they're the movements. that's how he gets your wallet yeah <laughs> There's so I mean you're at least for those of us who spent hours and hours and hours and hours of our lives watching the Muppets their their mannerisms are so ingrained that when when they're done right it doesn't look, it doesn't seem like a puppet at all you know you, yeah. it's like a, a, a did you ever human. see the DVD extras on the Muppet movie uh, no there are these DVD extras on the Muppet movie where um, it's it's Jim Henson and Frank Oz going out to do field tests before they shoot the Muppet movie wow. just to see what the Muppets look like in real environments uh-huh. and but the whole time they're just fucking with each other and cracking each other up so you know you'll see it's uh, it's Kermit and Fozzie there on the tree and then uh, and and he's like Ah, oh, bear in his natural habitat and then Kermit's like oh, Fozzie you're, you're not a real bear and he's yeah. like what are you talking about well, how many bears, you know, have a magenta nose? And then you, they start cracking up and you see the puppets start shaking. So it's just like, <laughs> it's awesome. just like five or ten minutes of them fucking with each other wow, out, I see that. out in the wild. Nice Kermit the Frog, by the way. Oh, that thanks. Was, that yeah. was a good Everyone's Kermit. got a good Kermit, though, right? No, yours was really good. Oh, you guys. <laughs> also, the silent movie theater in L.A. Um, showed a limited edition run of these uh, films that the Jim Henson estate very quietly had, had given them. Uh, very quietly. <laughs> Where's the sound? It says fucking silent. Carry on. Wow. I would, when, when, when did they do that, and will they do it again? They, I don't know if they'll do it again. They did it last year, and they showed all these old um, Muppet archive stuff that you can't see anywhere. Like They showed, oh, so cool. he, they pitched the Muppet show to a couple different networks a couple times before it got sold, and the pitches were fucking genius. Uh, and then all the commercials that Jim Henson did and everything, and it was... Wow. To, ju- to just watch like how far ahead of the game that guy was. He was is mind-blowing. Yeah, it's like... It, you know when when they're like this, back to the viral video thing. It's that that sense of like total wonder where you go like I love humanity. Like yeah, Jim, yeah. everything Jim Hansen did. I just said Hansen, but I meant Hansen. Um, I was thinking of the Hansen twins at the same time. Jim Hansen the, was a prick, but Jim Hansen is awesome. Wait, they're not twins, the Hansens. There's three of them, aren't there? The Hansens, they're yeah. not twins. No. Jim 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 Hansen. Everything he did gives you that feeling of like. The, the huma- humanity is great and is capable of so much wonderful stuff. Jonah you know? can't really talk about Jim Henson's death without getting a little choked up because the story's super sad. Yeah, the story's really fucking bums me out. Isn't there, there's also there's a film I think being made about his life called The Muppet Man. I think have you heard about this? No, and, but I hope that's true. And it's I think it's like it, both the Muppet like an, the Muppets as like um, I think sort of parallel his life. And mm-hmm. so it sort of goes back and forth between his life, and then it goes to the Muppets like several years later when they're much older. I that guess. Awesome. <laughs> wow. and, it, and apparently, it's supposed to. And I guess it like parallels. Well, if you you know, I have I, I only have season one on DVD, and they and there are several seasons after that now available. But 
uh, the Muppets I know from my youth were, were later seasons. I don't know if it was five or six or whatever, but yeah. like, I, you know, I remember them from the late seventies and early eighties and season one is like, uh, there it's, it is a pretty different cast actually. Yeah. Like what, what, it, like there's no Miss Piggy basically. Like she's not a character at all yet. Yeah. And there's no pigs in space or anything. I mean, there's like, it's a whole different thing and it does definitely grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a weird thing too. Uh, if you read the live from New York, the Saturday Night Live book, the oral history of it, yes, I um, uh, Mike O'Donohue, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. yeah Mike O'Donohue like hated the Muppets. What? It would always make me so angry reading it because like he was the one forced to write the Muppet bits for each Saturday Night Live, yeah, as it were, and he was getting fed up trying because he want, he was always the guy that tried to do the weirdest stuff, the most avant garde, and so he uh, at his desk apparently had a Kermit the Frog uh, in a noose. Just hanging there. And I remember reading it and like I kind of understood as like, you know, a comedy writer, like being forced to kind of do the stuff you don't want to do. Mm. Um, but then also like just like I was get pissed off at him. I was like, fuck him. Well, he that's, the right that's, so, that's so atypical from Saturday Night Live. What seems to be a completely toxic and yeah. unfortunate experience yeah. for everyone from involved. Day one, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but I did love back when SNL would have the Muppets on, or they would have Candace Bergen, Candace Bergen, or Joel. Mm-hmm. When Joel Hodgson, are you a Joel Hodgson fan at all? I don't even. Mystery know Science Joel. Theater. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Joel Hodgson used to go on with these. Ins- that's why the only reason I thought of it is because of the Rube Goldberg stuff. But he used to make these insane contraptions uh, that he would go on with. Yeah, and, he was uh, like a prop comic. Yeah, and yeah. a promic, a promic. Yep. Yes. <laughs> And uh, he would, uh, he actually like, like that's how Mr. Science Theater kind of got born because out of like all the different, like the whole, uh, you know, invention exchange that would happen in every episode mm-hmm. or to facilitate all of his props that he made through his comedy. Uh-huh. But like, it was awesome. So I'm sure someone will, I'm sure someone from the Henson estate will send you these videos if you, if you want them, because I'm sure they're fans of yours. If, if I mean, it, that can, awesome. if that's true, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you something. Born. I, I live up the street from Brian Henson, uh-huh. and the next time I see him out, when I'm walking my dog, Beg. I will say, Beg. do yes. you know the band OK Go? And I'm sure he will say, it, I, yes, yes, I do, and I'll, I'll see if I can facilitate. Even though they don't... Well, actually, no, that's the Henson Estate stuff. It's not Disney, so um, I think it's all his private stuff. That would wow. be a major dream come true. That would be a major, major dream come we'll true. Screen, we'll screen it in your home theater. Yeah, okay. we actually... I do have... Well, sometimes I set up a screen here. This is also not good for our audio listeners, but um, but but <laughs> right we, there, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's Interesting. amazing. I've oh, never no, seen. not there. There. Oh, oh shit. such a thing. <laughs> Where did you get that? Object? What we do is we it's 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 for it, we watch Blue Planet and and Planet Earth because oh. you can't really watch those on just a TV. That has to be projected. We also watch know? R. Kelly. Oh, and R. Kelly. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, in the closet or just random out, out of the closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, you, we usually try to stick to the to the first twelve episodes. The other ones will come out if we're really good and drunk. But you, but it's <laughs> totally jumped yeah. the yeah, shark that's what after yeah. twelve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do you what do you guys? Uh, is there any, is there anything you're working on now that you're particularly <laughs> excited about? Uh, yeah, there's a lot we're working on right now that we're particularly excited. Can about. Can I just stop you and interrupt you, even though I just asked you a question? But my favorite thing about you guys is that you're. Super nice, incredibly talented, and you. And I think this is just a lesson for anyone who makes stuff. You genuinely love what you do, and that is the most important thing that you should be doing. You should do this stuff because it's Bam! fun. Bam! Truth. Kapow! Bam! Truth. Wait, but do you interview a lot of people who don't love what they do? Well, like, I'm a comic, and a lot of and there are a lot of comics. <laughs> oh well, comics hate what they do, but that's that's the whole point. I right? love it are... though. And there's a common misconception that as a comic, you kind of have to be cranky and dark miserable. and fucked up. Yeah. And uh, and. But I but I know a lot of comics that are su- super cool. But yeah, but some people forget. But are they any good? Yes, they are actually. Yeah. I do know some some fun loving, uh, super super funny people. But um, but in but in general, that it's a common misconception that you have to be dark and tortured in order to make art. And you know, I love seeing I love seeing guys like you that are fun and cool and nice, and and as a result, make good, fun, cool, nice stuff. Thank you. Thanks. And I think Thanks that's part of why your fans connect with you so much because they really. They are able to absorb that when they're watching you. I do. We do feel a lot like our fans in the sense that I mean, we were, you know, we did not come to music being uh, virtuosic players or like the or you know like people who knew every jazz musician ever and could mm-hmm. tell you about the history of music. We're just fans, you know. We're just people who like listen to music all the time. I, I grew up in D.C. where there was a really great punk rock scene, and I, there was you know I was at a show every night of the week for four years of my life, and and it's just. Uh, it was like sort of what we lived and breathed and and back then you know that was in the 90s and and all I could do is really collect seven inches and go up to people after shows and be like man you're the greatest thing ever but now there's a the the community we can have with our fans is so much more robust and so much more interesting and it 
you know, when we we do these projects and then we ask our fans to do like to engage with them in different ways, and or, you know, we just started a. We did this Rube Goldberg machine for This Too Shall Pass, and we've asked our fans to start making Rube Goldberg machines themselves. And, and so every day, starting, I think, this Friday, or is it next week? I think it's next week. Um, either this Friday or next Friday, we are going to start picking the best one out there, and, and whoever, whoever, whatever the best one that day is can pick tickets to any of our shows in the future. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, it's, it's actually, but it's, it's, I mean, you think about it from our perspective, it's just like one pair of tickets to a show. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, it does mean something, but it's I not. I know what you mean. It's not like, it doesn't cost us anything. And and our our fans, you know, we've already started getting tons of submissions of people just doing cool, creative things, and that's exactly what sort of brought me and Tim together in the first place. Yeah. Is that for since we met at age twelve, and since then we've always been making these crazy projects together. Some of them music, some of them videos, and some of them, you know, just art projects of various kinds. And to know that we can sort of engage in a, in, a, in a larger way with a whole wider fan base of people who are sort of like that. I mean, we, you can sense from our fans a sort of itchy, creative, like, I just want to make shit feeling. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's just so fun. I mean, there's Speaking so- of which... Did you get the interview remix that I sent you? Yes. Did you like it? I, I love it. Okay. I I've, I got a call at four o'clock in the morning and woke up and 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 then was like too like couldn't quite get myself back to bed. So I listened to it like half asleep at four in the morning and I was like okay. when I woke up in the morning I wasn't sure if I had. What is it? I, you should play it. You should play it. Yeah. Okay. I I uh, I, uh, I made a recording. Uh, we were we were getting interviewed in Japan and there was a guy who just. Was asking really amazing questions. Yeah, he says like your your, your new record has a funky vibe about. It. Yeah, it's got a real. I, I sounded Italian. And you, re, you, you remixed and, it. And yeah, so I yeah, recorded it. Is it, it on your phone? You, well, wait, it's not on my phone. Would you do? Wait, me, it's on my. I'll get my. Wait, computer. would you do me a favor? Rather yeah. than playing it right now. Yeah. What if? Can you send me the file yeah. and I'll just end the whole sure. thing with it because sure. obviously you know I, I'm sure people are going to ask. Oh, are you guys going to play a song? Uh, you're, they're not going to play a song right now. The whole band's not here. We're just sitting around talking. That would be a great way to end. The, the podcast yeah, is yeah. to play that. So there, there's one line from the interview that I really loved, and we, we talked about it right after the interview, and uh, I was just kind of going through my phone, you know, listening to the recordings, and I found the interview, so I... I kind of cut it up and put a little beat under it. <laughs> it's really good. Tim has gotten really good actually at making things only in his iPhone. There's, he, 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 you, you, he, Tim made a song recently called "Shower Time," which is, um, which is about how, what that is time to take a shower. Right. And shower time. Shower time. Yeah. yeah. Time. Can we play that too? Uh, or is, that, or is, that, is that for Tim's <laughs> private collection? This one's probably private collection material. <laughs> but um, the the the, the it, he, he used it. <laughs> no, it's all done with the, what, what? What's the name of the app that you use for it? Uh, it's it's called IMT Pain. Oh yeah, yeah, IMT Pain. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got a good rendition of uh, "In Love with a Stripper" on my iPhone. Right. I, I I don't think I can't remember what beat I used. I don't think it's "I'm in Love with a Stripper" though. But so he made this great version and then recorded a video for it on his iPhone also. Yeah, it's That's awesome. It's, it's it's really good. Now you, I'm a little bit older than you, but I just remember. How do you know? I'm pretty sure. Because uh, you said you grew up in the '90s. Yeah. What? Well, no, I, w- I I just was in my teens in the '90s, but I was in my teens for 200 years. <laughs> oh, when I was born to darkness, as I call it. Um, <laughs> He's Richard. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I no, no. Say. I just I, I I you know like I still and I'm surrounded by technology all the time. I'm a huge tech technophile, uh-huh. and yet. I still try to transport myself back to 12 year old me in the early '80s. Uh, just with like an Atari 2600 and just trying to see if I can imagine my mind exploding if I were to say, someday you will get a communication device right. that you can watch movies on and make someday things on. Someday yeah. this thing will do porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I was just starting to get into that then and 8-bit porn was terrible back then. It was awful. Then. It was, it was so just bad. Like, I like it. Use your imagination more. It was yeah. just like blockhead characters trying to fuck other blocks with lines. And like, I can't, I can't masturbate to that more than six times and then you're done. But uh, 8-bit porn, someone's got to make 8-bit porn. Uh, I'm sure it has been made. I'm sure it exists, yeah. Oh, yeah, it has to. Yeah. Remember... I um, I know there was ASCII porn. There must be 8-bit porn. I remember growing up, uh, like, you know, like me and my friends would pause uh, Street Fighter 2. Not that that's uh, 8-bit, that's 16-bit, but we would pause when uh, Chun-Li was doing her upside-down helicopter kick. And try to look up her (laughs) digital skirt. You don't have to try. It's all there. Really? They put it in there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, guys. Are you serious? Yeah. No, she's wearing panties. Oh, oh, even hotter. Yeah, yeah it's something in the imagination. Yeah. The lengths that kids see, will go. You could see, uh, what was her name? 
Chun Li. You see Chun Li's bologna muffin? <laughs> oh, God. Wow, this really took a turn for the uh, morning morning. To be show. fair, I thought of that five hours ago, and I'm like, I can't wait to drop that into a conversation. I don't want you to think that I'm that's always sitting that there. I'm some kind of up. vaginal wordsmith. What was the ham one you came up with recently? Oh, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. Like ham suitcase. I can't remember what it was. Ham I'm suitcase. sorry. I'm so sorry. God. That's vile. No, duffel bag might be more. This has gone work, way but... south. I apologize. Yeah, okay, well, let's, uh, we'll bring it back. You, you were talking about how you thought of yourself as a 12-year-old, you know, with uh, lesser technology and wondering about the future. I See, I often think about it the other way. There's now, there's, technology is now so... So infinite. There's so much more stuff out there that, that to be played with than you could possibly ever play with, and and to figure out things are moving so so much faster than you could possibly like keep up with everything. That it seems to have made something of a total meritocracy for ideas because mm-hmm. you just can't. There's nothing about being the first one to use a technology matters at all anymore. It's right. just it's just about being like using it well, and so. Good, really good, simple ideas that just everybody attaches to, it, and like it really sort of strangely points you back at the humans because it, do, it just doesn't matter if you're the first person to do some like crazy thing with. And a that's new an website, interesting yeah. element to to your videos is that they're all wonderful analog achievements. You know, when just like you said, when they're like, "Oh, why don't you just shortcut this thing?" Or like, you know, people really appreciate that now, and that's why you know, with with I think people worry about CG killing the special effects industry, and I always feel like. You know, there's always going to be a place for someone who really understands the the craft of the physical universe. Yeah. You know, and and that's one of the fun things that uh, that I think if people were to say, "How do you make a viral video? Do something really special that someone couldn't ordinarily do." Uh, you know, that looks like you put some effort into it. Yeah. I know. I, I know a lot of hipsters hate effort, but uh, no, I but, think but general, I think I think they I think some people appreciate it. I mean that 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 panel actually we wound up sort of saying. Uh, that the like the best the best way to really try to get there is just to think of something impossible and then try to do it. Yeah. And it, probably you will fail, but if you actually just like spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to do something impossible and you, you get pretty close, people will want to see it. Mm-hmm. You know why the house always has the blackjack advantage, you guys? Because they have to keep drawing to seventeen. They don't have a choice, so they're going to win. You know, the majority of the times because they have to keep trying. That's my blackjack analogy. Wow. <laughs> P.S. I hate Vegas, and I don't really play blackjack very often, so I didn't want to. I didn't want you to think I'm Blackjack Hardwick, who just has to make everything about cards. I thought that. Thank you. <laughs> Would you do me a favor and unthink that? Done. Matt Meyer in your NASA shirt. Yep. Glows in the dark too. I don't. That want glows to in the dark. Yeah, it does. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Let's turn off all the lights, you guys. <laughs> we you... were looking for shirts. We we just made a video that re- that requires great stretches and time, and we were looking for shirts that had digital clocks on them. And we found them, but I, I didn't couldn't tell from the from the website whether or not they would show up in sunlight. Do you think that there are digital clock T-shirts that show up in sunlight yet? Um, it's hard because if they're are they LCD or LED? No, neither. They're like Hypetech D. Oh, I, I don't know. Then did you would you go to did you go to did you go <laughs> I just to made that up? Thinkgeek.com. Think no, they're, they're like some kind of there's they're some kind of flexible material that kind of lights up. I mean, you ever seen those T-shirts that have the um, the fake equalizer on them. Yes, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's not. Maybe that's LEDs in there, but I think it's there's just. There's a there's a cart that sells that at the Grove, and I don't remember the, the guy there. The guy there selling it could probably explain this to yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the kiosk at the Grove. He'll yeah. know. He'll know. There you will be. You'll meet an old man. He'll have three <laughs> riddles to solve. I actually I bought one of those T-shirts at two in the morning outside of Malo, the restaurant. Yeah, on Sunset. Wait, was a guy selling it on the street? There was a guy selling them on the street. Outside of Malo? Outside of Malo. Now, was he just selling his shirt to buy crack? Because (laughs) I I had no reason to believe that he would then use the money for drugs. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you're still proud of that purchase. Yes, I'm very proud of that purchase. I mean, you said that with this sort of of tone that made it sound like impulse purchase. Oh, no, he was saying, well, I was just saying, he was like, oh, my God, you can get that at the Grove. And I was saying, you can get it two in the morning outside of Malo. Yeah. You don't have to go to the Grove. Did he see you and scope you out? He was like, you, you'll buy it. (laughs) No, he didn't scope me. No, he he was just kind of walking up and down the street, and I was like, that's sweet. I want to purchase that. Was he he like, nerd shirts, get your nerd shirts. Hey, chap. <laughs> Maybe. Want to Equalizers, <laughs> LEDs. Want to, yeah, like that. Want to have <laughs> a shirt that shows where the Wi-Fi connection is? Sure you do, nerdy. Here you go. You flip exactly. them a coin and you... <laughs> well, that actually... Have you seen the Make Magazine, the recent Make Magazine? Where is it? That has... That has it shows you how to, how to uh, make a, a vest that you can wear when biking that shows your, your, your speed. 
I mean, that's awesome. That's cool, right? But except completely useless because I mean, you don't. You need to know your speed. Other people don't have to. There would probably be a lot of accidents. Someone trying to look and then. Yeah. Or it just keeps them uh, to try to pedal much faster than they normally would so that people will think they're really awesome. And it probably causes a lot of accidents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think all... the end result will always but be But you could same. probably, yeah. I mean, if you're going to build one, you might as well hack your own building thing and just make it like multiply times three. So you're like, I'm going 95 miles an hour. Exactly. There actually, in that, I think it's the same issue. There is a thing about um, a knitting community, a, uh, a, knit, a knitters group yeah. in Austin, Texas, who knit a, a sweater essentially for a whole bus. It's really cool looking. And... And this is the killer. They're called Nitta Please. <laughs> oh, that's the best name ever. No, it just made me want to quit everything. That actually like, just supplanted my favorite band name, Ted Danson, D-A-N-C-I-N. <laughs> that's really good. Well, my favorite band name, which is told to us by a waitress at a Denny's who was in this band, is Bloodbath and Beyond. Oh, oh, that's really good. That's really, that's really good, good, isn't it? Tim and I have a have a have a side project called Polterchrist. Polterchrist, <laughs> yeah. It's not as good as Bloodbath and Beyond, though. No, no. Our friend uh, Dragon Boy Suede uh, has a DJ called DJ Scratchatory Rape. Yes, uh, which is pretty pretty good. <laughs> which is whoever's running the CD player at the show. <laughs> who's ever the CD? And then yeah. there's another one who's DJ Tanner. DJ Tanner, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a crepe restaurant called Date Crepe. <laughs> Date crepe? Crepe. crepe. There's a new yeah. crepe truck yeah. called Crepin Around. Really? Where? Wow. It's just around uh, Silver Lake. One area. of those crepe trucks you see everywhere. Well, there's like two of them now. There's, Wait, there's you guys could do everything. a whole separate podcast about bad puns, or good puns, as the case may be. That's well, just puns. Yeah. <laughs> pun. I suppose there is, no, there is no scale of quality for puns. No. <laughs> it's just, it is or is <laughs> not. Yeah, some, yeah, that's true. Total binary quality. Were you guys, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up in a second, because we've, we've just about exhausted your time, but uh, you, you guys must be uh, big comedy fans. I would assume because you're funny guys, and I assume you like comedy. I like funny stuff. I, I like funny stuff. Tim, Tim's I'm a little bit more of the Tim, Tim yeah. knows names and and who you, who, stuff. Who, who, what, what comics do you like? Well, comics are. I mean, I'm trying. I mean, Phil Hartman is my favorite like sketch comedy. Yeah, yeah. was my favorite sketch comedy actor. Oh man, he I, could still be your favorite. Yeah. He just doesn't do anything. <laughs> he, well, I, you know, not, not he decomposes. What's yeah. the, okay? My fave currently, I can't. I, of course, I can't remember his name right now. He died heroin uh, overdose, like Mitch, Mitch Hedberg. Hedberg. Yeah, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think wasn't it cocaine. Oh, we'll see. I yeah. see. This is how little I know. Let's not get into the details. It's sad either way. It did is you, sad. Did you bring those re- police reports with you, or oh, did yes, you forget right those here. again? Every that comedian is... that's died in the last thirty years. <laughs> wow. Why do you carry those around? Thanks, smoking gun. <laughs> For moments like this. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm sure you could go on Smoking Gun and actually see the death certificate. Um, but uh, but you guys were super nice, and I really appreciate you letting us come into your house Thanks. like this. And by the way, your dogs are awesome. They are awesome. Anyone can see Damien's dogs. Well, everybody can see my dogs because they're also the founder and CEO of our new record company. And, and the... Um, uh, our our announcement of the new record company it, it was made with them, and then we actually have we we recorded a business meeting with them also last week, and um and so there's there's a uh, there's sort of a growing series of our internal business workings. So are you not with the are you not with EMI anymore? Did you break? No, out? we broke away from EMI two a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Congratulations! Thank you. That's yeah. really I must I must feel pretty good. You'll actually get to see the money that you're earning. Uh yeah. Well, I mean the it <laughs> it is really good. It's it's great for us in so many ways. I mean we just are uh, you know we. We we're at a place where we don't. That's not what we particularly need, and um, and we weren't particularly good for them because we don't focus a lot on selling records. We mm-hmm. focus on making stuff, and uh, so it's it's good. It's wonderful. We were like super super happy. But I feel like if if you know these big companies were smart, they would look at guys like you and go, hey. They just love to work on cool stuff. Let's kind of develop them over time rather than trying to make some couple thousand dollars in the in you know in the short run. Like yeah. they could have made shitloads of money off you uh, because you obviously will be working for a very long time. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose it depends what business you think you're in, and they are definitely in the business of selling records in the traditional way. And and uh, so the metric of success for them is how many you know how many copies have sold. And and you know we we obviously think in a very different way than that. I, you know, distribution systems like record labels that arose to connect the dots. You know, you have like people who make stuff and people who want to see or hear or eat or smell that stuff or whatever. And, you know, in the, in the case of, of record companies, they really became the only way that you could get stuff to the public. And now that the internet has sort of obviated that they, they have to like, you know, they sort of have to figure out a new way to do business. And, you know, in, in the, in the, the 60 years since the record business, you know, sort of got full steam, 
they actually started providing lots of other services for musicians like risk aggregation you know like most musicians fail but you but most musicians also get signed and spend somebody else's money and then fail and so they don't go back to Starbucks owing the world mm-hmm. $500,000 for the tour that failed or something and and uh you know promotional services and all I mean there's all sorts of things that record labels did and and musicians especially musicians who have not yet like you know hit solvency really need that stuff it's just they can't get it from record labels cuz record labels don't have any money now I feel like the record industry is kind of like I, th- I think of it as a guy who was really hot in the 70s, and now it's just all his nose is destroyed from coke, and he's just fucking sweaty and st- stringy yeah. hair, like gut hanging out of a, a wrinkled button-up shirt. He's like, the fucking party's not over yet, guys! You're the like, thing is, yeah, that's not actually yeah. a metaphor. It actually, <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> it's like, it's about two dozen of that guy. So now that you've started your own record label, I'm sure you want people to come up to you on the street nonstop and hand you CDs. And, and cocaine. I mean, and it, CDs and cocaine. Uh, we, w- the thing is, he was hot in the 70s doing coke and now we're hot in the aughts and doing coke and so so we need the coke now so we can be the dying industry in 20 years from now oh, I yeah can't wait you know it's gonna be a sweet ride you guys yeah no i, I am <laughs> we're gonna coast way, it into, we're gonna coast so it into our own roaring 20s where we were recording with a robot voice <laughs> sarsaparilla <laughs> in the summertime <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh we are going to uh we're gonna end the chatty part of the podcast now and then i want to play Tim song uh, that you made the interview remix. Does it have a specific name, or are you just calling it the interview remix? Uh, I, th- I I I think I'd like to call it a real funky vibe. A real funky vibe. Yeah. The remix for Bulimix. Yeah. Here's a real funky vibe on Radio Notice. <laughs> Let's I just hate pop myself. it in and act like we're coming out of the song right now. Whoa! <laughs> Great song, Tim. Wow. Well, we're not, we're gonna cut this part tight. out though. Oh, this part? <laughs> yeah, we're not coming in after the song. That's gonna. That's going to coast us in. No, no, no. We came in after the song, and now we're done. Wait, no, what? There were so many smiles made because of that moment. (laughs) No, no, but the podcast is going to end with the song. It just did. Yeah. It's over. Just now. Right. Are we on? Is J.J. Abrams directing this podcast? What? (laughs) That's the Lost logo. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. You already are on. You already pulled out a funky vibe you already Nerdist.com Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the cat in the hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.